Today's scripture reading is from Esther 3.13 and Esther 4.13-17. through Letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces, giving orders to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all Jews, young and old, children and women. In one day, the 13th day of the 12th month, month, which is the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods, Esther 4.13-17. Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will, will, will rise for all the Jews from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity, for royal dignity for such a time as this. Then Esther said in, said in reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. After that I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks to be God. Thank you. What a great job. Good morning, everyone. This is not a bad turnout for middle of summer. Well, I did make the Deborah Circle women feel guilty yesterday at the pool party at Terry's that they needed to show up, so they did. <laughs> um, we are doing a series of Heroes of Faith, and six weeks ago we began with Deborah, who went into war with Barak to save God's people. And today we're going to talk about a story, the story of Esther. I don't know how many of you really have read the book of Esther um, over the years uh, and the importance of her being one of our heroes. It is a story of adversity that turns into wonderful blessings according to God's plan. The story will embrace that we can save people through our faith our, and our actions. Let's begin the story with who is Esther? Esther was orphaned at a young age by both of her parents. She was adopted by what was so-called her uncle, Mordecai. <laughs> Mordecai. Um, they lived in the kingdom under the rule of King Assasaurus. There were mostly non-Jewish people in this community. So, the queen wanted power, and the king denied her the power that she was trying to overtake. So now he goes looking for a new queen. And it is Esther that is gathered up with all the young virgins in the city. Esther and Mordecai keep it hidden that they were Hebrew. King Assesaurus is enthralled with Esther's beauty. After several meetings and courting her, he chooses her to be his queen. During this time, Mordecai refuses to bow down and pay homage to the king's chancellor, Haman. 
Because of this, Haman wants him killed. And then when he finds out he's a Hebrew, he wants all the Hebrew people to be killed along with him. He convinces the king that these people are evil and they must be slaughtered. When word reaches Esther about the killing of the people, she sends word to Mordecai to have the people fast for three days and three nights, and she will do the same with her maids. God hears Esther and the people of Israel, but God's plan was already in place. When we fast and lie prostrate in prayer before God, it is so powerful. For when we make this form of prayer, we are humbled and taking time for this time to sacrifice ourselves for God. People over time have used this type of prayer. We as Christians do our fasting during Lent. The Muslims do it during Ramadan. So God decided he made Esther the queen to save his people of Israel. And she stood there, and the message that she gave was, I don't know what the king will agree with me to save the people, but through my prayer and my devotion and my sacrifice, I'm willing to try, even if it means that I have to die for God. But she trusted in God. She knew God was there. She was a very religious person. And I'm sure she was questioning when she was chosen to be queen, why didn't she have a mate of the Hebrew faith, of one of the men of Israel? So she goes to the king after several banquets with Haman and the king. And she explains to the king that Haman set up to kill all the Jewish Hebrew people. She continues to explain to the king that her and Mordecai were Hebrews too. The king being very upset because he was so in love with Esther, he changes his orders and decides to have Haman and his children killed instead. So through Esther's adversity, God used her to save her people. God placed her there and gave her the power, the power Haman desired, the power the queen before Esther desired, and through her faith, she saves. And as time goes on, by the saving of these Hebrews and these Jewish people, more and more people became Hebrews, which changed the adversity of being different. The communities became allies, not enemies. Because of Esther's courage to save the Hebrews, the Jewish religion celebrates a holiday called Purim. Purim is usually celebrated between the months of February and March, depending on the calendar. It's the celebration of joy and merriment for the queen saved her people. The queen saved the Israelites and they celebrate that every year. The story is of power, the power to control, to demand honor and respect by ordering a genocide of people who were different. 
The differences are grounded in honoring only one Lord, one God, as the first and only. In the story of a man who tries to manipulate the king to believe that these people are evil and, he, and the need to destroy each and every one of them. For they don't belong in their kingdom, for they worship a god, their god. And as I reread this story over and over again, each year I read it, or each time I read it, I'm in a different phase of life, and it has different meaning for me, as all the books of the Bible and all the scriptures do. We change, we evolve, so it's important to not say, well, this book of the Bible or this scripture means that. It means something different to each and every one of us at each and every one of our lives in the times of our lives. But thinking about it this time and preparing for this sermon, I'm sure Esther, growing up, had no idea of God's plan for her. And I'm sure she spent many days grieving her parents. She never really got to know. And I'm sure her uncle helped her through those times, knowing that she was special and she was chosen, not knowing the end plan of God chose for her. So one day, from her devotion to God, she spends her days fasting and prayer along with all the Hebrew people. It's their faith that moves God. It makes God joyful. It makes him happy. For we have made a sacrifice of fasting and prayer. Esther is the chosen one. For through Esther, God is in power. As we look at all these stories in our everyday lives today, it reminds us that history keeps repeating itself. As we struggle here in our world with the concerns as to who belongs here and who must leave, the wars around the world against God's people, for we are all are created one by God. But I guess we as humans still are being challenged with God's lessons. We can't eliminate the communities of God, the God-honoring people, the God-serving people, the God-worshiping people throughout the earth, no matter how hard evil tries. We like to believe that here in our country, we are working very hard to save God's people, especially in faith communities. Yes, we're overwhelmed with the immigrants and refugees running from evil in their own countries countries like Ukraine, like Syria. Maybe we don't know how to save them. But yes, it is a massive chore. And maybe it's time we, as a faith community, should start fasting and praying humbly ourselves for the answers. And in that faith community, join together asking God for God's plan, for God's help. God told Moses, remember, you were once aliens in a foreign land. I saved you, I delivered you into a new land. So that brings us back to today's sermon, which is about faith and saving people through our actions. 
we need to question ourselves. How faithful are we? Do we truly trust God will provide for us? Are we capable of saving God's people like Esther? We are a community of faith, following the words of Jesus Christ. But we don't always trust God, for we are of the flesh, thinking with our minds, not always thinking where, with our hearts where God abides inside of us. Esther reminds us today, God is with us. God hears us, has a plan for us, for good, not harm. So today, we come before the Feast of Communion. Today, we will eat the bread and drink of the cup. Today, we thank God for giving us our daily bread. Today, we're feeding our spirituality, asking Jesus to see what he sees. Today is a reminder of feeding the flock. And through our faith, we can save God's people. We are in the months of summer, and the food pantry supplies are running low, and they need our help. The people are hungry, knocking on our door. Pastor Julie has asked us to donate food each week to feed the flock. She has decided to continue to collect these items till the end of August. They will be placed up here on the altar and be blessed by God and by our Jesus to feed the flock. Lord, save your people is part of the litany of saints. It's a Roman Catholic litany. It's chanting of naming all the saints. And after each saint is mentioned, the choir sings, Lord, save your people. Lord, hear our prayer. That is what Esther and Mordecai and all the Hebrews did by showing through their action of wearing sackcloth, ashes, and prostrating themselves for three days and three nights. So we may not be saving all the people of the world, but today we can start saving one person at a time. We know not if there are immigrants in need coming to our doors looking for food, but it doesn't matter their background, their color, their race, their creed, or religion. All we need to know is that they are God's people and let us see Jesus through their eyes, for we know not if Jesus sent them. We know not if God chooses us to be Esther through our actions, through our faith, so we too can save the people of God. Amen. <laughs>